It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is the evening of August 18th or the morning of August 19th, depending on when you're listening to this. It'll, it'll be officially labeled the August 19th episode of Locked On Magic. My name is Philip Prosper, I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr_omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic defeat the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 1, just as we all expected. Nikola Vucevic is a playoff superstar, just as we all expected, uh, and a whole lot more. We'll break down the Magic's surprising win over the Milwaukee Bucks, a 122-110, to frankly dominating win for the Magic, uh, as they take a 1-0 series lead in their playoff series. We'll get to that in just a minute, but before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. By searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Milwaukee Bucks perspective on their Game 1 defeat? Check out Locked On Bucks. I'm sure they have a lot to say about what's going to come as the Milwaukee Bucks try to adjust and tie the series up on Thursday. No matter what team you cheer for, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Check out all the great products and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a special offer. Check it out now today at BuiltBar.com. So where do we want to begin with this one? Do we want to begin with the final score, a 122-110 to victory over the Milwaukee Bucks? Do we want to begin with Nikola Vucevic and his 35 points? Do we want to begin with the defensive job the Magic did on Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks to frustrate them and take them very much out of the game? Do we want to begin with the Magic taking an 18-point lead and holding on to a double-digit lead for most of the game? Do we want to begin with the Magic giving up that 18-point lead? Leading by just one in the middle of the third quarter, and when it looked like the Bucks were gonna pull, were gonna take this one, the Magic made a run to extend the lead back out to double digits and kept it there for essentially the entire fourth quarter. Do we want to begin with Terrence Ross adjusting and attacking the basket more to get 18 points without making a three-pointer? Do we want to begin with Evan Fournier struggling through much of the game? Struggling through a good chunk of the early third quarter, too, as the Magic tried to get him going, and then hitting three. Tremendously huge three-pointers to stifle any run the Milwaukee Bucks had and put this game away. Do we want to begin with the end? With the, with the realization that this is just one game, but a proof of concept nonetheless that the Magic can and will compete in this series. Do we want to begin with Gary Clark? Do we want to begin 
with James Ennis? Do we want to begin with DJ Augustine? Do we want to begin with the unsung heroes who made little play after little play to keep the magic ahead and give them what truly feels like a monumental victory? Where do we want to begin with this one? You know, I could give you the basic recap. Orlando started off relatively cold. Milwaukee made their shots early on, but the Magic stuck with it. They got shots from Nikola Vucevic early to get them going. They took the lead by double digits at the end of the first quarter and essentially, you know, didn't coast by any means, but kept on beating back the Bucs again and again and again and again. Every time Milwaukee made a run, Orlando had an answer. Every time they made a push, Orlando found the points and found the baskets. They found their rhythm once again. It was, you know, I'd have to go back and watch game one from last year again, but John Hollinger, I think, had the best, had the best description of it. Whereas last year's game against the Toronto Raptors in game one, the Magic got a lot of three-point luck. They made their three-pointers. I think we all kind of sensed that. You know, even though the Magic needed a late three to win that game. We all kind of sensed that it was a little, not fluky, but a little bit off. The Magic won the game, but had some things go in their favor that, that no one probably expected. This game, however, domination's probably a bit far. But this game was the Magic taking over. This game was the Magic leading the way. This game was the magic winning it from the start. Orlando led for essentially the whole game. And once they took the lead in the first quarter, they never trailed the rest of the way. Milwaukee, like I said, cut a 10-point halftime deficit down to one midway through the third quarter. Chris Middleton started to get going. Orlando had a penchant for fouling that that, uh, eventually hurt them a little bit. And actually, Chris Middleton was on the line with a chance to tie the game. Who knows what would have happened if he had tied the game there. And what did Orlando do? They turned to Nikola Vucevic, who got an open jumper and made it to put the Magic back up three. Then another stop. Then another jumper. Then another basket. And all of a sudden, the Magic were back in control. A couple of big shots. DJ Augustine had a big third quarter. Kept the Magic in the lead. This was constant pressure. A team that had seemingly cracked the code for one of the best defensive teams in the, or not one of, the best defensive team in the league. A group that had figured out exactly how to break that vault. It started with the Magic shooting mid-range jumpers. Milwaukee gives up a ton of three-pointers. Orlando shot 40 in this game, and they made enough of them. Not only the Magic made enough of them, they made them at key moments. Orlando shooting 16 for 41 from beyond the arc. 39%. Not a great percentage, but certainly enough to keep them honest. And eventually, the Bucks had to, not a, completely abandon, but had to change their drop coverages, their, their desire to protect the paint. Orlando's mid-range jump, jump shooting did that from the very start. Whether it was Nikola Vucevic hitting tee baskets, he had 12 points, or 13 points, excuse me, in the first quarter. Or Markel Fultz scoring eight, point, eight points on 4 for 4 shooting in the first quarter really setting a tone for how this game was going to be played. Orlando was going to get at shots, and eventually Orlando was able to get into the paint. Scoring 38 points in the paint is not a lot by any stretch of the imagination. It's not a lot at all, in fact. 
But against a team that gives up only 32 in the paint, it is significant. Because Orlando got a good chunk of those points in the paint late in the game as the Bucks started to creep out and try to defend the mid-range jumper as they desperately tried to get back into this game. It goes without saying how important it was the Magic played from ahead. The Magic had the lead and never let go of it. And then in the fourth quarter, when Orlando needed big shots, they found them. Whether it was Nikola Vucevic hitting a big shot or Evan Fournier hitting a big shot, they found the baskets that they needed time and time and time again. All this, of course, bearing the headline here, without Aaron Gordon, who missed the game with that hamstring injury he suffered a few weeks ago. Orlando's defense was solid, I have to say. Yes, Giannis Antetokounmpo still had an incredible game. 31 points, 12 for 25 shooting, 17 rebounds, 7 assists. But like the Magic have done against him this year, 5 turnovers. They turned him over. Milwaukee had 16 turnovers. But more importantly, Orlando never let Milwaukee get out in transition. The Bucks, who averaged 19 fast break points per game against the Magic this season. Magic are very good fast break, team, fast break defense team. It's a big key in the Bucks dominating this series. They scored only 10 fast break points in this game. Orlando walled up the paint, kept Giannis from getting that first and second step toward the basket, made him work, kept him from scoring right at the rim. And yes, Giannis still got his. He got plenty of scrap points. Hit a couple of threes. But boy, did the magic make it hard for him. And that made it hard for everyone else. The Bucks simply could not get into rhythm at, at any cost. No one was able to step up. And eventually, yes, the Magic had broken the Bucks' defense so much, they played Brooke Lopez off the floor, and that only opened things up more. We are talking about a Magic team here that not only defeated the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 1 of the playoffs, but defeated them convincingly or as convincingly as a 12-point game can be. The Magic were the better team on the floor on Tuesday. They were the better team. The team that deserved Game 1. Didn't steal it, didn't need a big shot. They dominated the game. And frankly, they dominated it from start to finish. You know, again, maybe pockets of play here and there. Orlando will have its work cut out for it to do it again, of course. Are they going to shoot this effectively again? Can, is Gary Clark going to make four threes? Is Nikola Vucevic going to make five threes? Is James Ennis going to make two threes? Is Orlando going to be able to hit from the outside again? That is always the big question with Orlando. But they shot confidently, and most importantly, they believed that they were going to win this game. Give Steve Clifford a week to prepare for a team, and he's going to have his team prepared. And they executed a game plan to break the Milwaukee Bucks to perfection. Of course, anyone can do it once. It's time to do it again. The Orlando Magic defeat the Milwaukee Bucks 122 to 110 to take a 1-0 series lead in their best of seven series. To get the rest of the news from around the world as well as the NBA, start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host Nyla Badu and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. Check it out today, wherever you download podcasts, the Axios Today podcast. 
We are all obviously celebrating the Magic's big Game 1 victory, and the best way to celebrate is with some good food. I know that I, I, like, I like to order in from time to time, and when I do, I go to the place that I can trust to get me the best selection of restaurants, both, both national chains and local places, to deliver food directly to my door, especially during this time of social distancing. Plus, we're all inside watching NBA basketball. We can't leave our homes right now. We can't, we can't get away from the TV. You know, shoot, I'm recording this right now. I've got the thunder and the rockets on. I'm not going out to, I'm not going out to get dinner. Dinner's got to come to me. And that's why DoorDash is the place that I go to. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, got plenty on your to-do list, so give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese? They want pizza? Someone craving Frodo? There's something for everyone on DoorDash. You can continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever, so support them using DoorDash. It's the app that brings food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with new contactless delivery drop-off settings. With more than 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants. Many of your local favorite restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Again, DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off your your first order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Again, don't forget the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's with two N's. For $5 off your first door, first order with DoorDash. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We'll get to the final box score in just a moment, but I do feel like we need to hit the big topic and the big takeaway from this game first and foremost. Like I said, it was a dominant performance from the Orlando Magic. That's really the only adjective that I can have to describe it. That's probably a little too strong um, because Milwaukee did some good things and and Milwaukee wasn't a complete pushover, but Orlando really controlled the pace and tempo of this game throughout. uh, And and again, beat bat every Milwaukee run that was made. And frankly, the reason they were able to do that, and, and, and it was funny watching the conversation change in real time on Twitter about this, but the reason the Magic were able to do that is because of someone that has had a burning question facing him the entire season. A a, a question that has been difficult to answer because it can only be answered at this point of the season. Nikola Vucevic is well aware of the conversation around him. In fact, it, it almost sounds like he agrees with a lot of it. Last season's playoff performance did not go the way that he wanted. Last season, 
the Magic faltered and flailed because their best player didn't show up, couldn't show up, whatever it was, it, it, it didn't work. Vucevic went from averaging 20 points per game, 12 rebounds per game, and shooting a 52-53% effective field goal percentage to averaging just 11 point something points per game, nearly 12 points per game, down to 11 rebounds per game, and then a 38.8 effective field goal percentage. The Toronto Raptors effectively knocked out the Magic's best player. And for a guy who has had a lot of questions about him and about whether you can build a winning team around him or with him on the team, it only fed that belief and that narrative. Vucevic didn't show up in the playoffs. And in the playoffs, in the playoffs, what matters is your best players. Yes, teams win and you need everyone. And the Magic certainly needed everyone to win on Tuesday. But in the playoffs, your best players step up. Because no one else can beat a defense that knows what's coming more than your best players. They have to find their way. And last year, Vucevic didn't do that. Last year, Vucevic didn't meet meet that mark. It was a learning experience for him. And one that he took to heart. Steve Clifford said after the game that no player seemed to be more dialed into the team's preparation than Nikola Vucevic. He was one of the first guys back in the Amway Center when it reopened to get himself back into shape. He played pretty well. You know, again, we called him out after the Brooklyn Nets loss, but he played pretty well throughout the course of the seeding round games. But the question always lingered, did he have another level to get to? Could he take his game to that next stage, that next step that would be necessary to compete in a playoff series like this? That was always the question with Nikola Vucevic. Y'all know me. I'm a data person. Uh, I, I, I like having statistics to back up my arguments. And I say this all the time. One game does not make a conclusion. One game does not change an entire narrative. But boy, did Nikola Vucevic shut a lot of people up. And frankly, change the expectations for what the Magic can expect from him the rest of the series. The Magic went to Nikola Vucevic early on. From the very beginning, he had 13 points in the first quarter. 13 of his 35 points. And they kept going at him, to him. They kept going to him. He was the one breaking the Bucks' defense. And, you know, just like, just like it always is, you know, Vucevic was working in the margins of the offense. The offense was working for him. He wasn't working for the offense. The Magic set him up and put him in positions that the Bucks were going to leave open. But... It was still up to Nikola Vucevic to finish, to make the right play, to make the right decision. And time and time and time and time and time again, he not only made the big shot, he made the right decision. In fact, he didn't always. He had five turnovers in this game, but he was still creating gravity and forcing the defense to react to him. To be sure, the Milwaukee Bucks got beat up in that fourth quarter because they were worried about Nikola Vucevic. They were doing everything they could to get the ball out of Nikola Vucevic's hands. They tried to go small to make him less effective on defense. And none of it mattered. Nikola Vucevic came out and made a statement. And most importantly, he got the Magic a win. Yeah, I mean, my mindset was to be aggressive. And I think that when I am aggressive, you know, whether it is, you know, uh, shooting the ball or trying to make plays, you know, I think that a lot of good things happen for our team. You know, when I put down the ball on the floor, on my post-ups, on you know, spacing the floor, whatever it is, 
when I get the ball and I try to and I stay aggressive, I think that you know I, I attract you know the defense to me, and then I'm able to make plays to other people. And uh, so yeah, I think you know my mindset has to be to be aggressive. I have to take on their role, and uh, I'm gonna try to keep doing that. Nikola Vucevic speaking after Tuesday's game, and you know Nikola Vucevic was just a constant drumbeat in the game, and that's that's really all he he is. I mean, he's usually not super flashy. He's not um, not someone that's gonna go out and get his own baskets. Like uh, he does get a lot of setup, and and you know the Magic do try to run some specific post ups for him, but really a lot of the actions they run for him are pick and rolls. They they want. You know, whether it's Markel Fultz or DJ Augustine or Evan Fournier to make the decision and for Vooch to be smart enough to know whether to dive to the basket or whether to short roll to the corner or short roll or, or pop out over to the three-point line. Um, that is that is something that he did as, as exceptionally well in this game. He always seemed to be in the right spot that, that the Bucks were leaving as a hole in their defense. It was a really brilliant game plan and a really just smart play uh, throughout the entire game for Vucevic and for the Magic. But Vucevic's final stat line just speaks for itself. 35 points, 14 rebounds, 15 for 24 shooting, 5 for 8 from deep. Making shots covers up a lot of warts, obviously. But the Magic knew where to get Vucevic the ball and knew and trusted that he would make those shots. And Vucevic stepped up and made them. I mean, yes, it's a make-or-miss league, so to speak, but Vucevic put himself in a position to make shots and he buried some difficult shots. And eventually, that changed the whole way the Bucs were playing. That changed the whole way the Bucs defended him. They couldn't, they couldn't seem to track him down. And eventually, they had to send more bodies to him. And that broke everything open because Vucevic is a smart passer. Markel Fultz is a smart driver. DJ Augustin, even though sometimes he can slow the game down a little bit, is a smart driver too. And once the Magic were able to get paint touches, were able to get their feet in the paint because of the attention Vucevic gave them, gave, um, or the attention the defense had to give to Vucevic, that changed the entire game for Orlando. It made their offense much more dynamic and aggressive and, yeah, as, as we talk about constantly, picked up their pace. Vucevic credited the, the coaching staff for the game plan. Again, they put him in a position to score. But a lot of this credit goes to Vucevic himself, too, because one of the lessons he learned in last year's playoffs is about the preparation and knowing where to get your, your, your shots and where to get your opportunities within the, within the defense. Vucevic said, la- said that last year, the Raptors got him to rush a little bit, took him a little bit out of his game, um, made him think a little bit too much. He said, after, especially after struggling in games one and two, he overthought things. And yeah, the Raptors play a much more physical brand of basketball than the Bucs. The Bucs drop. They want to force you to make, make decisions and kind of doubt yourself in that mid-range game. And the Magic just didn't do that. They seemed confident. They weren't taking those... those uh, those floaters and those tough shots that the Bucks force, they weren't cha- they weren't challenging Brook Lopez necessarily at the rim. You know, they let him drop, and they just took those that, those little jumpers. They're going to force Milwaukee to defend them in the mid range, and that's either going to open things up or it's going to smother them. And I think that's what we're going to see in Game Two. But the preparation that Vucevic had was signaled out, especially by Steve Clifford. It was singled out especially by Steve Clifford as something that separated Vucevic this year from last year. He seemed more ready to play. And, not, and again, not that he wasn't ready to play last year, just he seemed more focused and intentional with the opportunities he was taking. And obviously, he delivered. We wouldn't be talking about this if he didn't deliver. It's, you know, We've seen Vucevic have bad shooting nights where he settles for mid-range jumpers and three-pointers. He could have a bad shooting night in Game 2 and the Magic could get schlacked. So yes, this is about building it for the next time because everyone knows, 
everyone knows the Bucks are not done. Everyone knows that the next challenge is coming. And as good as Vucevic was, if he really wants to earn the All-Star moniker and put all those, those doubters to rest, he's got to step up once again. I think that you know, from every experience you have you know, in life in general, uh, you learn from. You know, last year, obviously, for me personally, the playoffs were a little bit of a struggle. I didn't adjust well to, you know, to a different style of play. And uh, you know, today was a, was a better for me. But again, you know, we're going to expect you know, a great response for them. You know, they're, uh, they're here to try to win it all. So you know, they're not just going to lay down. They're going to you know, come out and be ready. And uh, we have to take it to a whole other level as well. To be sure, the Orlando Magic will be counting on Nikola Vucevic to do that again on Thursday. But this day, Fuch put a lot of doubters to rest. Honestly, Giannis was the best player on the floor. But Vucevic had the most impactful game of anyone. So now we'll see if he can do it again and truly rise to the playoff challenge. It's been a long day for me. Uh, I, I, I you know, woke up, kind of got some stuff done in the morning, uh, then got ready for a pregame press conference at noon. Um, I made some lunch, watched the game at 1.30. I'm recording this at 7.30 at night. It's, it's been a long day of basketball, a long day of thinking and digesting this game. Thank God the Magic won because it would have been a long day if it was a blowout or anything like that. But I need the energy. You know, I, I haven't had dinner yet. And, you know, I'm, I'm, come, I'm kind of sitting here, well, you know, on the podcast. You know, I did my writing. You know, I did, did, did my little sidebar for OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I, I need that little energy boost. And that's why I turned to a Built Bar. Um, Built Bar is a delicious new protein bar. The best ever tasting protein protein bar. It is definitely the best tasting protein bar I've ever had. Um, and it tastes just like a candy bar. B- believe me, it tastes like a candy bar. Coming in six and 18 amazing flavors, including new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, and carrot cake, plus classic flavors like German chocolate. I've had that one. It's delicious. Banana bread. Haven't had that one, but I think that one might be on my next order. Double chocolate. That one's very good. As well as toffee, almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. You can find a flavor for you and get all the benefits of a protein bar without any of the downsides of it. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're the perfect snack for the health-conscious person. Loser maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are, again, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets. Check out uh, the, pro- the flavor profile on, like, the coconut almond. Not, not, my, not my flavor, but it might be yours. 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. These are protein bars that aren't necessarily meal replacements like you see with a lot of these protein bars, but they give you that energy boost that you need in the middle of the day, a great recovery snack for a workout, and a whole lot more. Built, Built Bar is also offering a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. It's only going to last for a week or so. I think I might have been saying it for a week or so now, so definitely log on and get yours today. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. 
available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's dive into the final box score as we take as we put a wrap on Game One of the NBA playoffs. Your Orlando Magic again defeating the Milwaukee Bucks, one twenty-two to one ten. Nikola Vucevic leads all scorers with thirty-five points, fifteen for twenty-four shooting, five for eight from beyond the arc, fourteen rebounds, four assists, five turnovers. It's the only bad thing we can say about Vucevic. Still plenty of room for improvement, but this was about as good of a game as Nikola Vucevic has ever played. Like I said, the Magic put him in the perfect positions to score. He made every right read on pick and rolls. He got himself open looks and just made the Bucks pay for crashing the lane too much. This is the advantage that the Magic want out of Nikola Vucevic. They want him to be able to shoot jumpers and beat defenses that sink into the paint. Um, that opened everything up late in the game. Everything Nikola Vucevic did created gravity, created um, a need for the defense to pay attention to him. And he just took advantage of it. It was, it was a brilliant, breathtaking game from Nikola Vucevic. Um, I, I, I don't want to quite say it's his best game in a Magic uniform. That game he had last year against the Lakers was very, very good. Um, you know, he's had some really good games. This is among the very best games that Nikola Vucevic has had in a Magic uniform in his seven years with the team or eight years with the team. Now, um, this was just, you know, Chef's kiss. Um, this is this is why you bring Nikola Vucevic. Um, it was hard to keep him off the floor. You know, I think a lot of us were watching the game, and I, I got to give Steve Clifford a lot of credit. He coached a heck of a game. Give him a week to game plan, and he's going to game plan the hell out of things. He he set up a perfect game plan, both offensively and defensively. And honestly, I think a lot of us were nervous at various points, especially in the fourth quarter when the Bucks were kind of getting, beginning to make a run, thinking, you know, they got to get Vucevic back in there. I certainly said at a certain point, you know, Vucevic came out with about three minutes left in the fourth quarter. I kind of felt like, the Magic had to go back to Vucevic uh, right at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Uh, I did not think he would he was going to sit out very long in the fourth quarter. And again, Ken Burch played really, really well too. Don't you know? I, I, and I think he earned some minutes there too, where he stayed on the floor. Um, but overall, you know, I felt like I felt like you know it, it felt like that Clifford pulled all the right strings. You know, took some gambles for sure, um, but everything seemed to work out for him. I, I thought this was a really again Nikola Vucevic was fantastic. Um, and Clifford set everyone else up in the right position. Who did he set up in the right position, do you say? Well, Gary Clark. 4 for 12 shooting, but 4 for 12 from beyond the arc. 6 rebounds, 15 points. He was minus 7, the only only Magic player with a negative plus minus. But Clark hit some big shots, especially in the first quarter. I think he had three of those four threes in the first quarter, in the first half, excuse me. Um, he, you know, I don't know how much the Magic are going to be able to rely on Gary Clark to hit outside shots consistently in this series. Um, but him, his being able to hit those shots changed everything for the team. It just gave the team a wave of confidence to know that they were going to be able to hit from the outside uh, and just made everything so much easier. Um, he was stepping in for Aaron Gordon, who was out with a hamstring injury. Um, but Clark also played some fantastic defense on Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, certainly didn't have the athleticism to stay in front of him. So, you know, there are definitely some moments where Antetokounmpo beat him, as, as, as is going to happen. But Clark was really, really smart with his positioning throughout the entire game, did a good job helping set up the wall to keep Antetokounmpo out of the paint. And frankly, Giannis just could not get downhill. Clark did a very good job positioning himself and just making Antetokounmpo work. Um, it was it was a great defensive performance. And again, Giannis still got his. You know, I'm going to say I'm going to say the Magic had a great defensive performance, but Giannis scored 31 points, grabbed 17 rebounds, seven assists uh, on 12 for 25 shooting. Uh, you know, 
The the magic though kept him to only nine free throw attempts. So Orlando did some did some really good work on Giannis. And and Gary Clark had the main main call on him. Did a really nice job as well. Other role players who stepped up. I thought James Ennis had a really good game. 11 points, 8 rebounds, 3 for 5 shooting, including 2 for 3 from beyond the arc. Now, wasn't too wild. One of his misses was, was a layup that, that he just kind of overcooked a little bit. But um, he he was really strong offensively. But defensively, you know, I, I mentioned this during the game. You know, like, I, I am definitely a stats guy. I like stats to back me up. I like stats to kind of uh, give me a base to, to stand on. And... James Ennis and Gary Clark, frankly, are not guys that stats, I think, accurately depict how valuable they are. This game showed, and this game in the playoffs, games that you need to win, showed how valuable these guys can be. They made so many little plays, deflections, steals, um, just stops, just being in the right spot, just being able to, again, form that wall. It was so critical to the Magic having any chance and any bit of success in this, in this, in this game. Um, these guys are going to be vital. Um, you know, a big thing that I, I, I harped on during the game, you got to win 50-50 balls. You got to win those loose balls. And the Magic didn't always win them this game, which was, you know, again, surprising. But but Ennis and Clark are, were always out there. You know, same thing with a guy like Wessel Wundu. Four points, two for three off the bench. Thought he had a really nice game. Ken Birch, four points, three rebounds. But I thought he was really, really important defensively. Just, again, being in the right spot, making those little plays that are necessary to get you a win. On to the guys that had bigger impacts in this game then. Markel Fultz, 15 points, 6 for 11, six for 11 shooting, 1 for 4 from beyond the arc, 6 assists. Um, Fultz had 8 of those 15 in the first quarter, did a really good job kind of setting the tone. He made some mid-range jumpers, made the Bucks think about him a little bit, and then he was able to get to the basket. More importantly, he did such a good job just kind of moving the ball. Uh, there was definitely a move and definitely a push that the Magic needed to have the ball in his hands a little bit more, and we'll talk about that coming up in a moment. Um, because he just helps make everything go, and he had, he had he's so I think he's going to be really big in the series because of that mid range shooting, um, and because he's again you know I think his defensive focus does come and go sometimes. He's a young player. I think he's still learning how to zero in defensively, but when he's on defensively, he makes a lot of those little plays that those hustle guys make as well. So I, I thought I thought Kel had a really good game for his first playoff first first real playoff performance. Terrence Ross, eighteen points, seven for thirteen shooting, and get this. 0 for 3 from beyond the arc. He also had 6 rebounds, and they were tough rebounds. There are some really good rebounds that Terrence Ross got. Again, we're talking about little plays. Getting contested rebounds, such a big deal. Ross had a few of those, especially in the fourth quarter, that I think really helped the team zoom zoom away. Milwaukee did a good job taking away his three-pointer. I thought he was chucking a little bit in the first half, especially. But fourth quarter, he came up with some big, big plays. He started cutting to the basket. He would cut his... he He would act like he was cutting to the top of the key... They, the Bucks would be overplaying him for the three-pointer, and then he would just start to the basket. He had a dunk on, on one and a layup on a consecutive play. And then the next play down the court, Ross did it again where he faked like he was going to pop up to the key, cut back door, both his man, Chris Middleton, and Vooch's man, I believe it was Brooke Lopez at the time. It might have been Marvin Williams. Um, cut with him to the basket, and Vucevic popped open for three and, and drained the three. Those, it was, you know, a seven-point sequence that I think took the lead out to 14 points. It doubled, essentially doubled the lead. That was such a big point of the game. And, and it was all built off of Nikola Vucic being able to hit mid-range jumpers and the attention that he got and Terrence Ross's tendency to be a three-point shooter and the Bucks overplaying him for the three-point line. Really smart play from Terrence Ross. He proved that he can be effective without making three-pointers. That is a huge deal because eventually those three-pointers are going to come. Uh, you know, Steve Clifford said after the game, that it's going to be tough to get Terrence Ross open three-pointers in this series just because of the way the Bucks defend. So he's going to have to find other ways to get himself going. 
That's what he did in the fourth quarter. Those points, those plays, that the, that basketball IQ was so critical to the Magic ultimately finding some success here. To some of the bad, there were some bad performances. DJ Augustine, 11 points, 11 assists, 3 for 11 shooting. Really struggled with the shot, just couldn't hit anything. But um, he made some, he, you know, and, and I think the offense kind of stagnated a little bit with him in there. Some of that's just the lineups that he was in, to be to be honest. But he made some big plays nonetheless. His assist, his passing was was on point. Uh, and, you know, I didn't blame the Magic for playing him late in the fourth quarter. He didn't finish the game, but um, I, I didn't blame the Magic for keeping him in. I, I, it's not what I would have done, but I didn't think it was unjustified. Um, he made some really brilliant and nice passes to, to get guys open uh, and to and to kind of lead the team in, in into things. And and so it was, it was really nice to see Augustine do that. It was really nice to see Augustine... Uh, play at that kind of a high level. Um, it, you know, the shooting's got to come, of course. Um, he's, he's That's part of the reason why he's out there. He, you know, had some runners that just didn't go in. Um, you know, the way he plays with his pace is going to be big the rest of the series. But, you know, he he did his job. He did a really good job. And finally, Evan Fournier, three for eight shooting, just three for seven from beyond the arc, nine points, five assists for him. Um, Fournier, the Magic tried to get Evan Fournier going in the third quarter, early in the third quarter. Um, and that didn't work out. Um, you know, the Magic trying to force the ball to Evan Fournier just didn't work. I, I, I think what the Magic are going to have to learn very, very quickly in this series is they're not going to be able to pinpoint specific guys to get the ball to. Um, you're going to be able to run some pick and rolls. I, I think I think the Bucks will let you run pick and rolls, but you're not going to be able to kind of work cuts and um, and kind of uh, pin downs to get guys open for shots. You got to be work. I think you got to run pick and roll to, to get them, and you got to run it with Vooch because Vooch is just such a a, a central figure in this offense, and, and the Bucks are gonna have to pay attention to him. So if the Magic want to get Vuc- Vucevic going, I think they're gonna have to, or get Fournier going. I think they're gonna have to run pick and rolls to do that, um, or use Fournier as a spot up option because coming off of screens, he really really struggled. And he just really really struggled to make shots. However, Fournier hit probably the three biggest three pointers of the game. Um, with the Bucks kind of making a run, I think they're down seven. You know, they were in within single digits. Uh, Fournier hit back-to-back big threes and then another big three uh, to kind of put the game away. Um, it, you know, there's definitely a little bit of, thank God I made these shots with, with him because he was really struggling. Um, but, you know, overall, you know, outside of that early third quarter when the Magic were trying to force the ball to him a little bit, I felt like Fournier, you know, when he got the ball, wasn't forcing offense. He wasn't trying to do too much. And eventually the offense came back around him. Eventually things came back to him. And he made some big shots. He made some critical plays for this team. Uh, and the Magic don't win this game as comfortably as they do. They, you know, honestly, if the Magic don't win this game by twelve, they probably don't win this game at all because 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 the way the Bucks are, um, they won this game because Fournier hit those big shots. So again, just because a guy is struggling, I, I got it. You got to give Steve Clifford credit. He had faith in a guy that brought him there. He had faith that the numbers would would turn around, that they would be able to get him open shots, and that if he had an open shot, he would make it. Fournier paid that back three times over. Orlando against the best defense in the league. Shoots 49.4% from the floor, 16 for 41 from beyond the arc, 18 for 19 from the foul line. They do commit 15 turnovers, a big problem there. They do commit 26 fouls, a big problem there. But they're able to stay, to hold off the Milwaukee Bucks. For the Bucks, again, Giannis Antetokounmpo, 31 points, 17 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 turnovers for him. Chris Middleton, just 14 points on 4 for 12 shooting. The Magic do a really good job. Uh, stifling Chris Middleton. They did a really good job generally contesting three-pointers. I thought their three-point defense was strong throughout the game. Their closeouts were very, very good, uh, even though they were doing a whole lot of work to to wall off and keep Giannis out of the paint. The, the, the second efforts defensively, we haven't seen the Magic play with second efforts defensively like this uh, in a very, very long time. 
they were, you know, for most of the game, they were strong. There's definitely some some weak moments throughout. George Hill with 16 points. Eric Bledsoe with 15 points. Wesley Matthews with 10. Milwaukee shoots 43.3% from the floor. 14 to 42 for 33.3% from deep. 18 for 28 from the foul line. Giannis going four for nine. Just nine free throws for him. They get 11 offensive rebounds. A concern for sure as the, uh, in the mat, when the Bucks were able to make their runs to come back in the game. Rebounds were a big piece of the puzzle, but they turned the ball over 16 times as well. They only get 12, uh, 10 fast break points. The Magic actually outscore them in fast break points. A huge difference in this game. The Orlando Magic defeat the Milwaukee Bucks 122 to 110. They take a 1-0 series lead in their play in their best of seven series. Game two is Thursday uh, as the Magic take on the Milwaukee Bucks once again. But that's going to do it for us today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can go find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places you can download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.